Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon chapter number one, and then I want you to get first Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, and then I want you to get John chapter 10. Alright, so we got that. We will do Song of Solomon chapter number 1 first. We're going to be in verse number 7. And the Bible says, tell me. O thou whom my soul lovest, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon, for why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? Now look at verse number 8 and look at how Christ answers his bride. Verse number 8, If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock. Now, where does a Christian go? We as Christians, hopefully we're not going our former ways. Hopefully we're not following our former philosophies. Hopefully we're not following after our uh, former traditions. Then it says, right? We we turn to pure worship of the Lord. So go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and then look at this. Feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. Where does a Christian feed? We get fed spiritual nutrition in God's Word. We know that. The the weak get stronger by feeding with the strong. The shepherd's tent. You know, when when we gather together here as believers... In the church house, shepherd's tent, or what we would call the the church house, we should feed upon God's Word. We know it. To get stronger in God's Word, we know that. But we should be excited and joyful about that. You know, our motive is just as important as what we do. So that's Song of Solomon 1. Now get over to 1 Peter. A little bit of an unorthodox introduction to the message, but this is the introduction. First Peter chapter 5. I want you to see something. Verse number 2. Feed the flock of God which, which is among you. I am among you. <laughs> I am a sheep just like you're a sheep. I'm part of the flock just like you're part of the flock. Taking the oversight you got to be over you got to be able to oversee a lot not by constraint but willingly see that's the motive not for filthy lucre but of a ready mind see that's the motive neither is being lords over God's heritage whose heritage is it it's God's but being on samples to the flock now look at verse 4 And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. 
shepherd feeds the flock. My job, any church leader's job, anybody that's preaching, his job is to feed the flock, give them nutrition. But they're not the chief shepherd. <laughs> they're not. God is. Do we all need to be fed? We do. We can't lose track of the sight that God is the chief Lord Jesus Christ. He's the chief shepherd. Now John 10, and then I think we'll be thoroughly introduced to our message this morning. John 10, verse number 11. The Bible says, I, this is Jesus Christ speaking, am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Isn't that a powerful verse? I can't give my life for you. You can't give your life for me. No father can give his life for his family so that they can have eternal life. But the good shepherd can, and he did. And that's who we come to learn about. All right, let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for your word. Help me tell the truth from it in an edifying way to your saints. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Now let's get over to Luke chapter 2. The last hymn we sang goes along with what we're going to preach. Luke chapter 2. The Bible says in verse number 8, we're going to read verses 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, good will toward men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You ever think why God would choose shepherds? I have. I can understand a king. I can understand a high priest. I can understand a religious leader. But none of those high-profile guys were invited. But shepherds were. Shepherds. They were not high class in society. Usually when something big happens around town or something big happens, 
the higher ups are invited. You see this with political stuff. You see this with business stuff. You see this with social stuff. The higher on the class of the social status, those people are invited. You and I don't get invited to the White House. (laughs) Isn't that pretty neat? On the invitation list, you've got lepers, you've got tax collectors, and then you've got shepherds. They're kind of in the low part of it. Yet God invites them. They were a bit despised back then. There were reputations that went around that shepherds as a general rule were a bit dishonest. But you know what Christ does? He invites sinners. That's why the Bible says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. People always think today, they say, I could never come to Christ. In a way, they're right. In a way, they're wrong. Now, if you mean you can't come to Christ on your own terms, you're right. You can't. You have to come to Christ on His terms. But if you mean I can't come to Christ because I'm so bad a sinner, that's why He came and died. (laughs) People measure themselves amongst other people. "I'm I'm an outcast. I won't fit in. Good. Jesus invites you. And He invites you to Him. If God, God don't even know that I exist. Oh, He does. Yeah, but if He did, He wouldn't want me coming to Him. Oh, but He does. People have it backward. They flip it backward and they say, I want to come to Christ on my terms, which you can't do. And then people have it flipped when they say, I'll never, I can never come to Christ. Why would He want to accept me? They confuse it. They mix it up. Shepherds are invited. The Bible says the Lord, that's what the psalmist said, is my shepherd. I shall not want. A simple shepherd's heart can have fellowship with a mighty, eternal, everlasting God. And that's who we serve. I am by no means a sheep expert. But if you tend to sheep or if you have sheep, you learn two things real quick about them. They're dumb animals. (laughs) Number one. And number two, you cannot drive them. You cannot. You ever see see a sheep jump five foot in the air? If you drive them, you'll stress them out. And they'll, I mean, they can jump high. They're dumb. And you can't force them. You can't drive them. You have to be patient. You have to gently guide them. David, you know what he does to keep his sheep safe? Fights a lion. He fights a bear. He does what he has to do to keep those dumb animals safe. You know what the Lord does for us? (laughs) He keeps us safe. In many ways, we're all just dumb animals. (laughs) And look, God's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force us to do anything. But He's certainly going to guide us into green pasture. He certainly is going to do that. Now Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. 
And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. All right, a couple of three things here, four things maybe. One, it's too cold in Israel in December for shepherds to be abiding their flocks at night. By October, all of the flocks have already been gathered in their sheepfolds where they get shelter. So, biblically, on a biblical timeline, this is probably happening somewhere around September, which the songs we sang this morning, we can sing them any time of the year, by the way. <laughs> it's good scriptural truth. We can sing them in September, we can sing them in July, we can sing them in August, we can sing them any time we want. Also, interesting to note, historically, in Britain, you know what they celebrate on September 29th? Michael Mass. Archangel Michael, and they have a Mass, and it's a whole... I mean, it's not anything we would do, but they did get the timeline a bit better. It's a more reasonable date of when shepherds would be in their fields abiding their flocks at night. Okay, you know, you know what somebody else says? Sheep can be out at night. They can be out in December. And they're right, they can. Anybody know why? What do they have? What do you have on our winter jacket? Wool! <laughs> they can, right? They can withstand the cold. But what does it say? What does the Bible say in verse 8? And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So even though some sheep might be able to be out at night, the shepherds aren't abiding them at night, which is the bigger point. So yes, they can be out at night. Um, we're not going to dive deep into this, but just the birth date of Christ, we know He was born six months after John the Baptist. You look in the Bible, you run this, you see that John the Baptist was likely born on or around March which makes the birth of Christ six months after that, if we used our calendar year on or about September. All right. See, that's confusing to me. I don't, I don't get any of that. Well, you just park on Ecclesiastes 7.1. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Well, who's that talking about? Well, whose day of death is better than his day of birth? Jesus Christ. If he was just born in a manger, praise God, we preach it, we believe it, we love it, we rejoice in it. But if he didn't die on the cross and rose again three days and three nights later, we're we got a problem. <laughs> What's better? Maybe this is why we don't get an exact date of when he was born. Because God wants us to what? Remember death, burial, resurrection. He died on the cross for our sins. So what's better? Do we know both? Do we preach both? Do we believe both? Of course we do. But what's better? The day of one's death. If you're a believer, I trust you are. I'm a believer. 
What's better, our birth date or our death date? We're going to see each other in eternity in heaven. Nobody, I don't want to go today. Nobody wants to go today. But if we do, we're going to be with the Lord forever. Praise His name. Praise His name. Now Luke chapter 9, look at this. Luke chapter 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and earth and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Here's what they're told in verse number 10. Fear not. But fear is a good place to start. These shepherds, what was their starting point? They feared. Part of the reason why you and I have come to Christ is because we had a little bit of a fear of God. Part of the reason why this nation and people in this nation and even across the world are moving away from a biblical understanding of salvation, they don't fear God. They thumb their nose at God. It's a good place to start fearing God. And the Bible says they were sore afraid. Defines it a little bit more. The type of fear. They just want to stiffen their neck and they just want to turn their back on God. That's what people do today. Now they're afraid of snakes and they're afraid of spiders and they're afraid of bugs and they're afraid of public speaking and they're afraid of the dark. It's just that they give no concern and they have no fear of being cast into outer darkness. They're afraid of strangers, but they're fine with being a stranger to God. People are afraid of being enclosed in a space, so they have claustrophobia. But they give no thought and they give no concern of being trapped in hell and never being able to get out. Yet they're afraid they're going to be in a closet for an hour. <laughs> the world's wacko. They put things way, way out of balance. They're afraid of drowning, but give no thought to being drowned in a lake of fire forever. All of these fears that mankind has, you know what they do with God? They put them over here. Don't want to think about it. Well, guess what? These shepherds don't have to fear. And guess what? We don't have to fear. And guess what? When we're talking to our unsaved friends or those in the community, let them know they don't have to fear because a Savior has been born so that He can go to the cross and die for you. 
just like he's died for me. Put a little bit of fear of God in them. It's a good place for people to start. But their fear, guess where it turns to? We see in the scripture. It turns to joy. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. What else does it turn to? Verse 13, praising God. Verse 14, fear turns to glory. Peace turns to, uh, uh, verse 14, fear turns to peace. And it turns to goodwill. It's the message of Christ. Doesn't anybody want to get a hold of that thing? That's the message we have for people. Look at verse 12. Because we need to watch for signs. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We really don't pay attention to signs much anymore because when we're driving, we have a GPS. So it'll just take you where you got to go. And a lot of times, we miss stop here, yield here, turn here. We miss all that stuff because we depend on our GPS. If you think in your mind right now, you, you probably have five people which would be considered your circle of influence. Those are the five people you talk to all the time. I've got five, you've got five, you've got five. Everybody has five. I, I, I do this. And I'm sure if you think about it, you're going to say, yeah, I, I kind of do this too. We forget about the other people. And what I want you to see this morning is, don't get rid of your five or your three or your four, whatever it is. But don't forget about the simple farmer living the simple life that still needs to hear about Jesus. Don't forget about the families that are living in the poor project department areas of town who still need to hear about Jesus Christ. Don't forget about the rich man living in the mansion that doesn't come out to see the lower social class who really is poor in his spirit because he hasn't come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be aware of these things. And let's try. Because we don't know. That's why we knock on doors. That's why we give gospel tracts out. Because the little boy living in a project row home might just be someone that God will use in a mighty way. Children's ministries are excellent. We need to be praying about that because they are the future. Well, they would, who would want to have the poor, unruly kids in here? Me. <laughs> Not to keep them unruly, but to be patient with them, 
to train them, to get them up to speed on what God says and, let, and just let God do a work in their heart. No young person, no young Christian is ever going to be where a mature, older Christian is unless the mature, older Christians step back and just give them a lot of room to grow <laughs> and give them a lot of room to learn. And give them a lot of room to have stuff wrong and be okay with that because you just trust that God will eventually work it out. You don't have them teach false doctrine. You don't have them do silly stuff. But you got to allow them to hold on to some things that they just haven't gotten rid of yet because the Lord just kind of hasn't brought them out of that yet. Or they're not willing to obey the Lord in that area yet. You see what we're saying? It's absolutely impossible for a 15-year-old to be as strong and as mature in the Lord as a 75-year-old. Not going to happen. It isn't. But you know what? He can get there. If we look out and just watch... Now look, the Jews were given a sign, right? We're, uh, you, you, you know where I'm going with this. You know what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is we can't be so much of these GPS Christians we put it in our GPS and then we go and we literally don't even know where the stop signs are. We don't know what street we're on anymore. Let's pay attention. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. Let's look at some other things. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Watch, it doesn't say the shepherds said to one another, well, that really can't be. That, that's not really what, what, what this means. Uh, well, they didn't. They didn't debate. They didn't have to understand everything super clear. All they did was they heard And they believed. You know how we know they believed? Look at it. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. They're ready to go. They're ready to obey and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. They didn't wait around. Isn't it great if we were to tell somebody about Jesus and what He did for them and they would immediately just trust God's Word, believe, and then go out and tell somebody else? And then they believed and they would go out and tell somebody else. You know what would happen in a year? We'd surely have a great evangelistic uh, revival, wouldn't we? We would. They obeyed, which was the fruit of them believing. How do you know somebody believed? Well, they're usually obeying it. Luke chapter 2, verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
They didn't make known the angels. They didn't make known all the fear that they had. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. We talk to people about a lot of things. We got a lot of hobbies. We got a lot of things. We got. We, I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but we can't forget. Let's make known this child. That's the main thing. Talk about football. Talk about baseball. Talk about sports. Talk about music. Talk about work. But let's not forget to make known this child. Verse number eighteen. And all that they heard it wondered that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. I can never tell somebody about Jesus because I'm just not as eloquent as this person. All you have to do is have a shepherd's heart. If you have a shepherd's heart, you can tell somebody about this child. Pretty simple to do. All right, verse 19. That's where we're at. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. We all have a birthday. It's one day. <laughs> Thanksgiving, it's one day. Christmas, it's one day. New Year's, it's one day. We can't say... With the kids, you might be able to get a weekend out of the birthday. <laughs> they want to do something on Friday night and Saturday night. But look, it's a day. It's done. You know what you and I have to do? We've got to return. We've got to return to work. We've got to return to school. We've got to return to our lives. And we've got to be able to make known this child. These shepherds, this happened to them. It's one day. And it's done. <laughs> that day don't happen again in history. One day. But you know what the Bible says? And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Praise God, you got saved. You're born again. That happened one day. You need to leave that day forward praising God, glorifying His name the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year. You know, we hear about this. We preach about this. We talk about this. Yeah, remember back in the, in the days when I, you think about yourself. Yeah, when I got saved and I was on fire for God and I was doing this and I was doing that. Well, what happened? I don't know. I guess something got in our heart. Man, you remember so-and-so? They used to come and they got saved and they were on fire for God and they got baptized and all that. Whoo, what happened? I don't know. Got something in their heart prevented them from praising and glorifying God and just going after it. Going after it. I thank God I'm saved. 
I want to be able to thank God that I'm continually returning and praising and glorifying Him. Question. Can you, can you just not wait to leave the church house because you've got somebody on your mind or you've got an opportunity in your mind that you want to try to witness to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm asking myself same way I'm asking you. The shepherds were not high social class intellectual scholars. But at the end of this, you know what they're doing? They're praising and they are glorifying God. Just like shepherds, all lost men and women are invited to come to Jesus Christ. During this time in history, when this is happening, these shepherds are standing right in front of the good shepherd. Right in front of the chief shepherd. He's right there. Isn't that amazing? And he's going to give his life for them. All of us can feed people spiritually. You're a leader, whether you realize it, recognize it, or want to be one. You have influence on someone's life. You're going to shepherd that person. You're going to shepherd your child. You're going to shepherd your grandchild. You're going to shepherd your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do that, don't forget we're standing right in front of the good shepherd who gave his life for us. Let's not forget these shepherds weren't intellectual scholars. You don't have to be an intellectual scholar. You just have to have a simple shepherd's mindset. They weren't arguing. They weren't debating with what they saw. They just believed. And the fruit of that was they obeyed. People that never fear God, tell them, be afraid. Tell them, be sore afraid. Here's why. But God can give you true peace, true goodwill, and true joy in your heart. And lastly, I'm going to say this. God didn't force these shepherds. And God is not going to force you to get saved. But just like the shepherds were invited, every man, woman, boy, and girl is also likewise invited to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an invitation that's freely given. God's not going to force or make anybody. All right, would you bow your heads in prayer, please? Lord, help us to have a shepherd's heart. Help us to realize what happened here. Help us to understand that it wasn't As great and as big of a day as it was, shepherds were invited. What a great picture for us to have a reminder of. Help us to keep that picture in our mind this week as we do our best to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, the Savior who was born 
Help us, Lord, to love you more, to be able to witness for you more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.